Hello everyone. Welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast, where we delve into the heart of wellness and beauty, empowering you with the knowledge to unlock your most vibrant self. I'm your host, Amitai Eschel, and today I have the privilege of speaking with Marcella Hill, a beacon of hope and transformation for women globally. I'm very excited for this podcast. Marcella is not only an accomplished entrepreneur and best-selling author, but she's also a guiding light for countless women navigating the waters of perimenopause. Her book, Wake Her Up, which I highly recommend, has sparked a global movement, giving women new hope and perspectives on taboo topics that too often go unspoken. Featured on Oprah Daily and Healthy Woman magazine, Marcella's voice has resonated with over a million women, encouraging them to reclaim their vitality and presence in life. Living in Vineyard, Utah, with her husband and four children in a blended family, she embodies her belief that if you feel like something's missing, it's you, which we've spoken about on this podcast. Today, we're going to explore the symptoms of perimenopause, the profound effects of hormones on our lives and our skin, and what it truly means to feel awake and alive, and obviously look awake and alive. Before we begin, here's a review from one of our valued listeners. So she's saying, Biohacking Beauty isn't just a podcast, it's a revelation. Each episode is a treasure trove of wisdom. It's transformed the way I view skincare and wellness, intertwining the intricacies of our biology with the art of self-care. The holistic approach and the real-life insights from guests make this podcast a must-listen for anyone looking to deepen their understanding of beauty from the inside out. It's empowering to discover how much control we have over our health and appearance. This podcast is a weekly dose for me of inspiration and education, and I can't go without it. I can't do without it, sorry. And now, if you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you're listening to this podcast. Your engagement helps us grow and reach more people with the empowering message of beauty and wellness. So... Let's take up the wisdom of Marcella Hill and dive deep into a conversation that promises to enlighten and inspire. Enjoy. All right, Marcella, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, most of the time, guests that we're having on, they, I kind of know them from before, like we've met or they're friends or whatever. And uh, it's really special to me to have a conversation with you since we haven't met before. Like the first time we talked was a minute ago. And yep, right now. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Uh, and, and obviously the reason we were excited to have you on is because you're an extremely interesting voice within the um I would say, uh, women's health journey. And um, maybe we can start by asking, like uh, starting as an entrepreneur at a young age, eventually leading a, a global company. How have these experiences influenced your approach to wellness, self-care? Oh, wow. We're going to start big. So. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start big. <laughs> we're just jumping all into the deep end. You know, this has been such a wild ride. It's interesting that you asked me about my entrepreneur journey because not a lot of people know that that is what I have done before mm -hmm. this. I've only been in this world of influencer slash content creator, <laughs> TikToker, whatever you call it, for less than a year. And before uh -huh. that, I had owned several other companies, uh, built brands, global brands, national brands. And I have loved owning companies and building brands. And that has taught me that you got to work hard. It's taught me how to capture people's attention, how to create something that people can feel a part of, how to communicate with people, um, mm -hmm. how to solve problems, you know, how to wake up and do it again the next day and the next day and the next day and to keep going. And so last year when, you know, here I am, I was in the middle of owning 
my parents' original company. I had owned it for 10 years. It's called Love Woolies. We made stuff out of old wool sweaters, turned them into mittens like the Bernie Sanders mittens. Amazing company. (laughs) But I was bored and I was done and my body hurt. I felt like I was going out of my mind. I was 40 at the time. I had had a hysterectomy a year before that. I was feeling really pretty much dead inside. And Living the dream. Yeah. You know, I just thought this is how <laughs> entrepreneurs do it. You know, we just run ourselves into the ground. We don't sleep. Yeah. We don't eat. We just do what we got to do. You know, the whole idea of grit, right? Yeah. You just keep going until you just yeah. finally make it. And it just got to a point where I thought, this is killing me. I don't think I can do this anymore. And I felt hopeless, honestly. Wow. And it was scary. I thought I was depressed. Luckily, I had a friend lead me into getting hormone therapy and tell me that perimenopause was a thing, which I didn't even know that was a thing. And long story short, I ended up getting hormone therapy, felt amazing, felt like I woke up in a new body, shared it on TikTok. Three days later, 9 million people saw that one video and I just kept answering the questions and they kept going viral and people kept asking, where are we going? And then I built a website really quick, you know, you're like, oh, there is a we now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it just kind of blew up and here we are. So it's been a ride. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a beautiful origins story right there. I also think that you know, t- talking about entrepreneurship, business, and being a woman, like besides where you're, where you are, as far as like your hormonal journey, I think there is something very unique talking to women entrepreneurs because the world almost. Uh, I mean, like the business world almost begets you shedding some of your femininity and kind of adopting masculine traits. And when I say masculine traits are are some of the things you mentioned as well. It's like, let's ignore our body completely and run it to the ground. And obviously, I believe, you know, if you look like historic, looking at how we evolved, men are a little bit more designed to function while destroying every piece of their body. (laughs) Uh, And whereas, you know, whereas um, women really have to listen to their body to function optimally and to kind of to live up to their to their to who they are, their potential. So, I mean, that's do you feel similar in a way where you had to, I mean, discover some femininity when you're kind of transitioning out of it? Wow. This is such a big topic. One of the things that I was talking to a friend about just the other day, you know, we listen to all these entrepreneur books and Uh self-help books. And most of them, I would say most of them are written by men. And most of them Uh talk about how important it is to serve other people, think outside yourself, you know, and it's interesting that they're written by men and then men who have found their higher selves or whatnot have said that this is an absolute necessity to make sure you're thinking outside yourself. So then as a woman, you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I got to make sure that I'm thinking outside myself, but we already are. And when you talk about uh-huh. thinking about our bodies, you know, you think about women at the age of 11, you know, they're starting to have their periods. Like you're already, their bodies are starting to think about other humans, like literally containing them in their bodies, right? (laughs) And our bodies are built to give nourishment to babies and hold them. And without thinking intentionally about giving of ourselves to be our best self, we just already are. And I started thinking, what if women are the opposite. What if for us to be our best functioning selves, we actually have to intentionally think about ourselves. We have to come back to our bodies, think about our bodies, think about our mental state. And if more women were more connected with their bodies, thought more about themselves, which sounds very selfish, but what if that is the state where women could function at their highest selves because they would be more aware, they would feel better, they could actually go and do the things that they're dreaming of because they're taking care of themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been my philosophy. And as I've leaned more into listening to my body, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see what it's done, right? Like I just about ran myself into the ground, basically almost blew up my company. 
And because I paused and stopped, paid attention, I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating, I'm gaining weight, my body hurts, I have no sex drive, everything itches, I started Mm -hmm. paying attention, it became debilitating. But because I paid attention, I was able to go find the answers. And now that I feel good, I've written my book, I've published my book, I have a million followers, I'm on podcasts, right? Like I'm doing everything I've ever wanted to do. It just, it happened because I felt good. Yes, I agree. Well, you know, you mentioned your book, which which is called Wake Her Up. It's a fantastic book. And and in the book, you mention awakenings in various aspects of, of your life. Can you share an insight from your journey that has like particularly resonated with your with your audience? Yeah, one thing that's really interesting, I spoke at the Power of Menopause conference in Toronto and shared this story to a group of about 300 women. And as they approached me afterwards, it was the same story out of about 10 stories. It was this Mm -hmm. one story that seemed to resonate with everyone. And at this age, a lot of women, I'm 43, and a lot Mm -hmm. of women have teenagers. And we don't, publicly talk about our teenagers because we want to protect them. They have their own life. We want to respect them. Also, anytime you talk about what your teenagers are doing, anybody is going to say something about the parent, right? They're going to be like, you're doing it wrong or you did it, whatever, right? And so we just, nobody talks about it. And so it's a Mm -hmm. very lonely place where all of us are losing our shit. (laughs) And Uh so... What happened to me was my daughter turned 15. I am divorced from her dad and she decided to go and live with her dad. And we had had a pretty rocky relationship, as I would say most moms and 15-year-old daughters do. But it was really, really hard for her to leave because suddenly... I didn't know how to be her mom. I didn't know how to show up for her. You know, the definition of mom for me is make her breakfast, do her dishes, tell her when to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, to wake up, to, you know, be there when she gets home from school, all of that. And when you take all of that away, who was I? I felt like I had completely failed, completely destroyed something that I could not go and replace. And it it really broke me. And that got me to a point where I realized I had had all these moments in my life that I felt like I had failed or lost myself. And I was so exhausted from having to go find myself again, rebuild myself again, wake myself up again over and over and over just to have someone else not like me, have my daughter leave and feel like a failure again and again. And so instead of grabbing the self-help books and rebuilding myself again, going and finding myself again and implementing all the habits that say you're going to build yourself back, I just got down to a core fundamental version of me that I felt like there I am. I'm never going to break. That is who I am. And I just had to shed everything I ever thought made me me and get to a point where I was like there, that that poor self that can't break. I needed to find her. And that's where that book started. It's incredible. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, failing yourself and I'm going to mention a self-help book that is the farthest from a self-help that just helped me. It's uh, the, the Selfish Gene by Malcolm Gladwell, which is obviously like one of the most important <laughs> evolutionary biology books in the 20th century. But I think one of the concepts there that resonated with me is that because you're, you share you know, 50% of, of your daughter's gene with you, I think at a fundamental level, your ego associates her as a as an intrinsic part of who you are, like literally an extension of yourself. So, you know, what what came to me from from what you're, you said is like, oh, I've failed myself in the past. And that resonates, you know, greatly because it, it is kind of a repetition of that because it is a part of yourself. So, you know, this is probably the most profound failure of yourself you, you can you can kind of reach. So it's yeah. incredible to yeah, it's incredible to hear about, you know, finding a, a deeper, a deeper person uh, within that. Well, I think that a, even society, uh, you know, you'll, you'll hear women all the time say, oh, my kids are everything. You know, my kids mm-hmm. are everything to me. I mean, my mm-hmm. mom gave up everything that she ever dreamed of to mm-hmm. just be our mom. 
I think a lot of women my age have watched our moms sacrifice everything that they were to be Mm -hmm. our mother. And so we feel like that is what we're supposed to do, that our kids are who we are. So then when our kids don't like us or they are doing something we don't like, it is us. We have defined ourselves by our children. And I am... The voice that says, no, your kids are not your everything. Your kids are not who you are. And I think it is pertinent to the future of the world that women specifically like challenge that. And they go and they find a whole version of themselves because if we don't, we are going to just create the cycle. We are going to create more kids that think they have to give up who they are for their kids. And then we're going to end up living in a world, which we do right now, living in a world where people don't actually exist. If you think about it, right? Like if I think that I am my kids, then I am not existing. And then I'm teaching my kids to go be their kids. And in the end, no one is whole. No one is real. We're Mm -hmm. just assuming everybody else's. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is a an amazing, a profound way to look at it because, you know, I have a, we have a dear friend. He's a, a model and uh, like a fitness model. The guy looks like a Greek God and um, he does not do well in relationships uh, with men, women. He lives in Miami. So you could imagine the uh, challenges there. And um, he's like, you know, this person that I'm dating doesn't get the whole fitness thing. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't understand why I need to, you know, work out or whatever. And at that point, I think you can only, you know, you don't even need to emphasize how, how important it is for you. You just need to live your life and like create results wherever you want. And if that person resonates, if, if it kind of sweep, sweeps them along, fantastic. If if not, then, you know, you, the, the current's going to take you in different directions. So I, I completely agree. A hundred percent. I do have a question though. So you mentioned like a, a couple of turning points or tipping points, and you have been very candid in, in your book about the um, feeling of being numb to life, which you mentioned here, which which kind of led you to to explore hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. Was that the main turning point? Was that close in time to the uh, to experiences with your daughter? Were, were they kind of on the same continuum? Yes. So I wasn't recognizing it. I didn't know that Mm -hmm. perimenopause was a thing. So Uh all of this kind of awakening, this, you know, deterioration of my body, all of it Mm -hmm. felt separate, right? Like tiny thing at night, I would go to bed and my legs would itch crazy itch to the point that I would scratch them until they bled. And of course I'm just thinking, I just need to drink some more water. I need to find (laughs) the right lotion. Right. Well, at the same time, I'm like starting to question my religion. That doesn't uh-huh. seem connected, We're like itchy <laughs> legs and, you know, your religion. And then at the same time, my daughter's like freaking out, going through her mm-hmm. own stuff and then moving out. None of those seem like they're a connected thing. Um, uh-huh. At the same time, I have no libido. I have no sex drive. I think I don't like my husband anymore because it doesn't seem like anything we do is helping in that area. And mm-hmm. so again, all these things are separate. I'm listening to different types of podcasts, listen, you know, reading different kinds of books, trying different kinds mm-hmm. of products until a few years later when someone says, oh, this is perimenopause. This is, this is midlife. You do wow. all of this. Your body freaks out. It gets itchy because your skin is drying up. Everything is drying up for the inside out. Your eyes itch, your hair, you know, is getting flaky and also your personality is changing. Also, you're questioning your belief system. Also, you have no sex drive. And it's all one thing. Like, how do we not, how how do we not know this? And I mean, it is like puberty 2.0. It is like a puberty times a hundred, but wow. now you've got a family and a job. Now we've got someone else. Yeah. Going now people are like actually <laughs> affected. You know, you can't just be a crazy teenager and just ruin your life and have it not affect anybody. And so uh-huh. having someone explain to me that this is age appropriate, you're doing it exactly right. Not that it made it any better, but it somehow it did. You know, I mean, you imagine a kid going through puberty all by themselves, not knowing what the hell is happening to them. That would be yeah. terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. For sure. 
I mean, yeah. just the BO in and of itself. You know, if you just started <laughs> smelling one day and you didn't know why, like that would be so scary. And now you've got 43-year-old women who wake up and smell like onions and they don't know why. That is what is happening. And uh-huh. it is freaking us out. And all we need to know is this is perimenopause. This is what happens. And that knowing and being prepared would save a lot of lives and a lot of marriages and a lot of careers because we would know what was going on. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, and, and it all starts, I mean, by hearing other people's stories, I feel like, you know, what you mentioned now about onions, maybe someone's like listening right now is like, oh, you know, I guarantee you, that's <laughs> me. Like, wait, me, me too. <laughs> Man. So, I mean, one of the things that I'm fascinated that resonated with me is the idea of like self-discovery without retreats that you're talking about. So how do you go from, okay, finding out of this out, like being in this, in the middle of this, uh, no offense to anyone, like this shitstorm basically of everyone has complaints to you, including yourself, and you're starting to piece the things together to uh, this wisdom of, of uh, self-discovery. And yeah, how does this uh, journey shape your understanding of, of, of your own health, of women's health, especially obviously uh, the uh, transformative phases of uh, phase of, of menopause, uh, perimenopause? Yeah, you know, how do you get there? I think obviously the first thing is awareness. Yeah. The first chapter of my book is, you know, are you living asleep? <laughs> like, are yeah. you asleep? You can't know that you're asleep until you wake up. We've all done it. We've all fallen asleep at some show and mm-hmm. woken up not knowing at what point during the show did we fall asleep. And that's what's happening in life. We've yeah. fallen asleep. We're not really sure at what point we did. And we don't even know that we are asleep. So I think the first thing is awareness stop for a second, wherever you are, just stop, start asking yourself questions. Like when's the last time you felt joy? What brings you joy? What did you used to do that lit you up from the inside out? Why don't you do that anymore? You know, are you sleeping? Is your scalp itching? You know, just be aware, listen to yourself. Are you saying mean things to yourself all the time? Are you beating yourself up? Are you constantly striving to get something else? I mean, just listening. Uh, There's a beautiful Mm -hmm. book. I love Untethered Soul by Michael Singer or his other book, Surrender Experiment, also Power of Now. But he asks a question in the beginning, you know, you have this soul in you and he talks about standing behind your thoughts. And Mm -hmm. if you right now just can say in your mind, like scream or say hello or anything, just in your mind, there is a voice there. And he talks about how, no, you're not the voice. You're the one listening. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, it just like took my breath away, you know, because we think that we are our thoughts, but we're not. We are the person behind the thoughts, listening to those thoughts. And when you can see that, I think that is the first step in awareness. Uh, For me, it really was because as scared as I was and as mean as I was being to myself about having my daughter move out or, you know, ending my first marriage or my body failing or my business failing, I had to start listening and being the person behind the thoughts where you would look at it and be like, wow, that's a lot of fear. Wow. That's a lot of hate. That's super interesting. Why is that there? Why are you saying those things to yourself? You know, almost like this dual personality or whatever you want to call it. But for me, it worked. And I think that's the first step. You have to be aware and that awareness is everything. I mean, you think about it. It's the difference between someone laying in a bed with their eyes closed We just want them to open their eyes so that we know they're alive, right? If you have someone in a hospital, you just wait for the moment that they're going to open their eyes. So you just opening your eyes is everything, everything. Mm -hmm. So that would be the first point. For sure. I think you, you know, you said two things which are magical. First of all, obviously you are, you are the observer of your thoughts rather than the, um, the one thinking, you know, that's profound. I mean, that's a whole yogis um, <laughs> build their career 
and uh, bought their uh, Rolls Royces sometimes, as we see on Netflix, because of the uh, the idea of of uh, you know disassociating from your thoughts and and connecting to the uh, to the core per- thing that experiences. You're the the thing experiencing whatever this world is, and I think. To connect to your first thought of just stop for a, th- a second ask yourself if this is the uh the right now whatever you're doing that's a life that you want to have is kind of within the same uh realm the realm of creating a a conscious choice of whatever is going on from now from now on right yeah yeah I think it's super important the idea that I am not my thoughts and I am not my body that was pivotal for me the other mm-hmm thought that came from the book, A Man's Search for Meaning by uh-huh. Viktor Frankl Victor is the Frankl, idea yeah. that, right, <laughs> you have to listen to the book. It's so good. Yeah. But the idea that the world is not happening to me, I was created to happen to the world. And mm-hmm. when I listened to this man in a concentration camp, deciding that he was the hope when he was out looking for hope, but he decided he was the hope in the middle of the worst possible historical situation of history of all time, I realized, okay, wait a minute. If this man can be the hope that's happening to a concentration camp, then surely I can be the hope that's happening to this pile of laundry, right? I mean, that was just how I broke it down. You know, the laundry is not no longer happening to me. I mean, how many times do you wake up and the dishes are screaming at you because you Uh haven't done the dishes or your work or your email or whatever it is, is screaming at you because you just, it's happening at you. And if you can flip it and see the pile of laundry, see the millions of emails and say, okay, I see you. How Uh does Marcella want to show up to this? There's a pile Mm -hmm. of laundry. How do I happen to the laundry? Maybe I light a candle and put on some serenity music and we just have a moment with the laundry. Or maybe I just take the whole thing of laundry and I like chuck it on the beds. You know, like that's how Uh I happen to laundry. It doesn't really matter, but the flip in deciding that it's not happening to you, you have Mm -hmm. the ability to happen to it. And then that can expand into things big. Like my first marriage ended in him having an affair. Again, a lot of people would say that happened to me. I was a victim of that. And I wish that I had had someone at that moment in time saying, this does not have to be happening to you. You can show up for this. How do you want to show up for this? How Do you want to be angry? Do you want to be sad? Do you want to yell? Like, How do you want to happen to this? That mm-hmm. is a very different approach to life than thinking life is happening to you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. We're now going through, um, Anastasia is, uh, we're, we're listening to a hypnobirth course. I have done um, hypnobirthing. That's yeah, wild. Preparing for the, for, Congratulations. for the birth. Thank you. And uh, this is something that I am, you know, I'm getting a lot from kind of listening to people going through that, you know, a lot can happen during, during uh, childbirth. It doesn't normally go according to plan but the positive experience that you're going to have at the end of this is that if you felt like everything that happened was done with your permission with your awareness with your with your involvement rather than something happening to you and that could definitely be taken you know with you for the rest of your life that that mentality yeah and when when you think about showing up to to the world or to the scenario there's a lot of things that you don't get to decide on most of the things in the life you don't get to decide, mm-hmm. but everything that occurs, every experience, if you believe that you were built to happen to whatever happens, that is different, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and your movement is growing and is gaining, um, global attention and, um, uh, I'm wondering what you think is compelling so many women to engage with this this movement and um, how do you see it ex- affecting their their health? Wow. You know, it's still every day it takes my breath away to open my phone and see millions of women showing up to say, hey, I feel like that and I didn't even know this was a thing and where are we going and I'm done feeling dead inside. Let's go wake up my body. It's just Uh crazy. I feel like about a year ago, you know, when I 
did that video, I don't know what in the universe had all put, been put together that this was the beginning of a movement and a shift in the world. But, you know, several months later, Oprah reposted my video. Then you see people like Drew Barrymore. Then you see uh, Maria Shriver. Just yesterday, they signed a new bill to put more funding towards women's health. I mean, it's just is snowballing over and over and every celebrity is jumping on the bandwagon for women's health. I think the 40 year olds, I think a new woman showed up to 40 is what I think. I think that you've got these 40 year olds that were built on Disney. Oh, just the other day uh -huh. I was watching Little Mermaid and I thought, you know, people can have lots of opinions about Little Mermaid. But in the end, I saw, you know what? We believe that we can be born a fish and we have uh -huh. the ability to grow legs and live in a whole different world. That is the kind of 40-year-old showing up to 40 right now. <laughs> I mean, we believe that we can be anything we want. So when we show up to 40 and the doctors tell us, oh, oh you're just going to feel dead from here on out and this is just how it is, we are going to say, hell no. Absolutely unacceptable. Not me. That's not okay. I think the other thing that is adding to this is that dementia is at such a high rate and it is affecting our grandmothers and our mothers. And we are watching this devastation happen and we refuse to be that woman in 20 years. We refuse yeah. to be the one that is not able to remember our children's names. We have to fix this. Yeah. We have to. I, I mean, that's to be a frank, we started our journey in this space as biohackers. Like that's who we are. We're, we're, that's, you know, our journey. And we, you know, I was interested in biohacking before it was called biohacking, but I was interested in it for optimal performance for, you know, whatever. And I come to this space and there are all of these people that care about how are they going to show up to age 75, you know? And to me, for the longest time, it was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, my parents are extremely, you know, they're basically, my father is uh, in his 70s and he windsurfs like every day. So to me, that was, yeah, to me, that was a little bit uh, confusing in the beginning. Like I didn't have an example of what I don't want to look like or be like, you know, in 30, 40 years. And now when, when, you know, some frailty is starting to pop its ugly head, that suddenly speaks to me. Suddenly I'm like, okay, I see what all these people, you know, were dreading or, you know, what they wanted to work, you know, against, if you would. And this is, you know, a lot of our motivation, like we're, you know, we're running away from fear as much as we are, you know, chasing pleasure, right? That's a you know. really interesting statement. Yeah. Running away from fear as much as we are chasing pleasure. I think Maybe I personally so. struggle with that too, where like, am I just running and trying to just have fun and feel good and, you know, party for the rest of my life or, you know, uh, but in the end, maybe we do swing to the extreme, you know, for a yeah. minute, maybe for the next couple of years, we need to swing to the extreme to be able to fall somewhere in the middle because mm -hmm. right now the extreme is happening. And the extreme is that the highest level of suicide right now is among middle-aged women. Wow. The devastation right now is that women after 40, feel dead inside for a majority of us across the world. It's not a U.S. problem. It is a worldwide, horrid situation where women don't feel like they exist. You know, they're yeah. not able to sleep. We are just barely functioning. And that is so far from feeling good. We don't even know what feeling good is. Yeah. And so I'm fine with swinging to the extreme so that maybe my 10-year-old, you know, can live some kind of good life where she's not manic chasing, you know, the high, but she can live among some peaceful people that feel good. So yeah. I'm here for this. I think it's crazy that we're in front of a movement where people are trying to figure out how to feel good, but it's time women. I yeah. mean, the world is so broken because women aren't able to live in it and you know, it, we've got to change it. Yeah, for sure. 
Hey there, this is Amitai, co-founder and CEO of Young Goose and uh, host of the Biohacking Beauty podcast. I wanted to take a brief moment to share something really special with you, our dedicated listeners. At Young Goose, we've always been about more than just skincare. We are about cellular care. We believe in not just addressing the signs, but truly diving into the very source of skin aging. The reality is, as time goes on, our skin undergoes damage, and this damage accumulates, gradually leading to those signs of aging we all see and know very well. But what if we could hit the rewind button? What if we could delve deep, in, uh, not into the layers of the skin, but into the life-sustaining mechanisms of our skin cells? That's exactly what we're doing at Young Goose. We're pioneering a renaissance in skincare by employing principles from regenerative medicine. By rejuvenating and restoring the cellular functions, our products aim to rewind time, gifting your skin a youthful, vibrant glow. And for our Biohacking Beauty listeners, we have a special treat. Head over to younggoose.com right now and use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off your first purchase. Discover the magic of truly transformative skincare. And hey, because we value our returning customers just as much, use PODCAST5 on your subsequent purchases to get 5% off. And the best part that this can discount can be combined with subscriptions and our already discounted systems. So why wait? Dive deep into the realm of regenerative skincare with Young Goose and let your skin thank you. Remember, it's not just skincare, it's cellular care. And now back to our conversation. I want to stay on the on the idea of uh, what you echoed was that you didn't know that you were perimenopausal while it was happening to you and, and keeping on the theme of uh, biohacking beauty and then a skin oriented podcast. Many women, I'm, I'm sure they don't that, that they just don't recognize the early signs of uh, perimenopause menopause. So maybe could you discuss some of these systems, maybe particularly those affecting uh, skin health and how, how do we identify them? Of course. And I always like to say, I am no expert. I'm just a regular 40 year old sharing this with my friends. And the only reason Great. why I know all whole bunch of the symptoms is because I have a million followers. I have 40,000 women that are also sharing with me very specific about their symptoms. And so when you look at a world of women all comparing notes, you know, you kind of can yeah. gather up what's going on when you hit mm -hmm. 40. So first of all, perimenopause is starting closer to 35, which mm -hmm. that's wild because I did not even think to be thinking about any symptoms in the realm of a menopause word until I was like in 50s. So yeah. if you're 35 and all of a sudden you woke up and you smell like onions, that's probably your hormones shifting. Mm -hmm. And you can still have a regular period and be in perimenopause. A lot of people think the word menopause suddenly means you don't have a period or that you can't have babies anymore. And that's not it. It's just a shift or a decline in your hormones. And so your standard ones are no sex drive. That's the biggest one most women come to because it's affecting their marriage. It's affecting somebody else. They're not really paying attention to their body. They're actually just realizing that their husband is pissed off, right? So they're trying to fix their sex drive. Sex drive is probably number one. No sleeping, big one. Everyone thinks that's just a normal thing. Itchiness. Itchiness is big mm -hmm. because we are discon we are not associating them together. Women are having painful intercourse because of vaginal atrophy, which is caused by a decline in moisture because you have a mm -hmm. decline in estrogen. Mm -hmm. And then we're not associating painful intercourse with like a new flaky scalp, right? Mm -hmm. Or itchy ears on the inside or itchy dry eyes. All yeah. of that is your body drying up from the inside out because you have yeah. a decline in hormones and um, crazy ones like heart palpitations. That one's a big topic right now because Oprah is talking about it. She went to five different doctors. Nobody could figure it out. It's because she's in menopause. Mm. You've got phantom smells. 
weird tastes. You have. So maybe you don't smell like onions. You just right. have a phantom smell of onions. Yeah, like, what, is it my teenagers? Is it me? Who knows? <laughs> the itchy skin is a big one. The other one is, um, oh my goodness, um, you brain fog. <laughs> You can't come up with words and brain fog, a loss of vision, high cholesterol, a sudden high cholesterol is Mm -hmm. a symptom of paramount. There's like a hundred symptoms. You could just keep going, but those are the main ones. From the vantage point, obviously, of, of skin health and science, what we see, and you did mention the decline of estrogen. So with that comes also a decline in collagen production. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to, you know, we can talk about the skin, wrinkles, sagginess, lack of elasticity, a lack of bounce, uh, in, and what we call autofluorescence, which just, just means that you are glowing. But also, this decline mm-hmm. affects your gut because it is also, you know, built not predominantly but but collagen is a big factor there and your joints so stiff joints or or anything that has been exacerbated if you have an old injury anything like that all of that decline in collagen production can really really affect that and and you mentioned drying that's a lot what is also declining is our ability to hold on to moisture because of a decline in something else called hyaluronic acid which a lot of people know because it's in a bunch of products but yeah, basically your ability to create those building blocks for your for your skin, for your body is declining. So that is something that we can definitely see in it, you know, the minute you go in, in hormone replacement therapy, that's something that also changes to the positive, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. In fact, when I went to a hormone therapist and I wrote all of my symptoms, itchiness, mm-hmm. dry skin, like none of that was even on the list of symptoms. Uh, So I hadn't, even at that point, I hadn't associated my dry skin with hormones. Mm -hmm. And it had been about, I don't know, three or four weeks. I was starting to notice some significant improvements in libido, energy, sleep. And it wasn't until I was talking to another woman about hormone therapy that she mentioned that the itchiness inside her ears went away from after her hormone therapy. And I realized that I hadn't been itching my legs anymore and I hadn't been itching my scalp. And mm-hmm. I thought it was my shampoo. I thought it was a lack of you know water intake. And as soon as I had some testosterone in my body and some progesterone, all of a sudden my legs aren't flaky, my scalp doesn't itch. And it is a night and day, night and day difference. And it's crazy the amount of money women are spending on, you know, the next right lotion or whatever it is. And we're also beating ourselves up that we're not drinking enough water when really you're just, you're missing like essential nutrients in your body. Yeah. And I think it's funny. People think, oh, well, I'll just naturally, I'll just do it naturally. Well, your body naturally has testosterone. Your body naturally has progesterone. And your body also naturally has water, but if you are dehydrated, you have to put water into your body, right? So if you're dehydrated in testosterone, you're going to have to take some testosterone. So, yeah. So just for everyone that is still on the natural train, which is completely fine, okay? I'm not like, you do you, but I will- Listen to your body, 100%. Listen to your body. Listen to the thoughts that are in your head. I'm kidding. Uh, But um, (laughs) I would like to propose something for people, to like a different vantage point. Past the age where your body thinks you're going to have kids, all of those things that are now happening to you, evolution doesn't care about. Do you know why it doesn't care about it? Because that is something that is not being looked at for the most part as part as survival it and that's because you've already passed your genes on so that uh wheels falling off the wagon feeling or you know reality of the matter is because your body says i did what i did for now on we're basically just hunkering down to make sure that we're supporting our tribe with our knowledge it doesn't care about our you know, us wanting to party it up until our 120 years old. It doesn't. It cares about, you know, preserving some information, making sure you're a good nanny for your, you know, for your grandchildren. And that's basically it. So if you have different notions of how life, and, and that's actually a question I want to ask you, but if you want to have a f- 
vibrant and uh, amazing life past that point, then you need to take some steps in order to, we said, show up, to show up as your best self also also hormonally, not only, you know, you know, not only, only with your conscience, okay? <laughs> also with who you are as far as hormones go. Uh, that's so interesting. I don't think I've ever had explained to me like that, which makes yeah. a lot of sense, you know? Our, that's why we're feeling like literally dead inside because maybe we're kind of technically done, but we're super not done. And yeah. I think we do have to be aware that if yeah. we're not done and we want to live a certain type of lifestyle, we're going to have to do what's necessary to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a difficult conversation with people, but you know, sometimes we have to this conversation when we, again, when we talk about skin health, it, there is a process that's going on again, past our ability to bear children and also communicate our sexual vitality past that point. We are, our skin specifically, our body does not prioritize skin rejuvenation as much. Okay. We talked about collagen before. Our body past that point says, okay, I don't need to show the world that I'm sexually viable. And what I need to do from now on, again, is protect whatever organs I need to protect, etc. My brain, my heart, maybe, you know, run away from predators, but that's mainly it. I'm neglecting the part of vital communication or sexual communication. And it is incumbent upon the person that wants to, again, have a life full of vitality and, and to live a full life to then kind of go back and see how do we, I hate to use the word trick, but kind of how do we trick the body or how do we, you know, follow certain protocols in order to maintain, you know, skin vitality or overall health vitality. And again, that's kind of the question I wanted to ask you. What do you believe are some of the, you know, essential elements for women to feel vibrant and, and have a, you know, and have a life that's full of life, you know, particularly where, where you are and, and kind of experiencing the complexities of menopause, a perimenopause that you're experiencing? So I would say two main things. I think you do have to go through some kind of internal spiritual soul searching something because there is no amount of hormones or supplements or anything you can put in your body that is going to give you a knowing of you. And mm -hmm. at some point, you're going to have to deal with your trauma. You're going to have to get some therapy. You're going to have to find serenity. You're going to have to dig in deep and wake her up, right? I mean, yeah. There's this book that I wrote, you know, so, um, I think yeah. that's a big solid piece because I have seen women run out, get hormone therapy, get all the supplements, do all the things. And not be willing to deal with trauma, not be willing to sit with themselves, not be, not go there. And it just is this vicious cycle that will just keep going. So your first thing is you're, that you're saying you got to fix not only the car, you got to fix the driver too. <laughs> right. You got to like actually know the driver, get to know her, fall in love yeah. with her, you know, and let her live. So that's one, know you, two, mm -hmm. I saw a post the other day by a health coach and she listed like 10 things that she's doing to be able to live this vibrant life. And she listed uh -huh. her diet, you know, her workout routine, her sleeping, um, her vitamins, all these things, tons of things. Mm -hmm. Never mentioned hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. And I messaged her and I said, curious, are you doing hormone therapy? And she said, yeah. And I said, I feel like that's a pertinent like mm -hmm. point in all of this because so many women are running out trying to do the right diet, trying to do all of these things, thinking that they're supposed to look like these health coaches and all the health coaches and all the women that are like out there actually feeling vibrant and alive, they are optimizing their hormones. The end. That's it. Mm -hmm. Somehow, somewhere with whatever method they're doing it, they are optimizing their hormones. I guarantee you almost any woman that you see that feels vibrant and alive after 60 and she has muscles, she is optimizing hormones. I don't care yeah. what, like somehow. And that is crazy to me that you have people out here 
you know, trying to sell their diet program, but they just fail to forget to mention yeah. that they're also doing testosterone injections or whatever yes. they're doing, right? Maybe before you like mention this exotic berry, you should mention <laughs> the fact that you're, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't doubt, like I am a proponent for, you know, I think you should have a healthy lifestyle. I think there are definitely supplements and, and lifestyle that you need to lead. But what is really tricky is that if you are killing yourself at the gym and you are doing, the, you're probably doing the exact right thing at the gym, but without the right level of hormones in your body, you're just not going to get there. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that is the thing. It's like the secret little thing that women don't know. They're doing all the right things, but they need this like key element that we were not made aware of. Like women yeah. aren't sleeping and they're going out of their minds and they have depression because most of us don't have the right amount of progesterone, which is the happy hormone. Right. Like, but nobody's yeah. saying like, go get progesterone. No one. I never heard of that. Not ever. And I yeah. do not sleep without my progesterone. So there's that, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned uh, a fitness influencer uh, and her 10 things. And, and this is, uh, you know, whatever. This is uh, her protocol and, and, and stuff like that. I'm wondering maybe kind of to uh, get this um, podcast you know, a little bit close. We're, we're kind of nearing the end of the podcast. I'm wondering, you know, about, about Marcella. What are your, the things that you care about? Yeah, we mentioned hormones. We mentioned, you know, self-exploration and, and mindfulness. What are some of the things that you are doing on a regular basis, whether it is, you know, diet or, or working out, whatever that is, what is important to you and, and kind of what do you emphasize. Well, I'll probably be a huge disappointment in this because I'm just your regular 43 year old trying to just, you know, make it in this world as an entrepreneur. And, and, uh, I will just be the first to say like, I am a pretty inconsistent human, but for me, I scrapped my to-do list quite, uh, during my awakening, I would say about a yes. year ago, I don't write to-do lists anymore. What I try to do every morning is, well, I will say this, I have a big, huge thing of water and uh -huh. I fill it up before bed. And before I even get out of my bed, I consume the whole thing of water. That's my one wow. thing in the morning. And before I, and then after my water, I will sit with myself and I think about, you can call it meditation, you can call it whatever you want, but I think about my to-be list. And wow. that will be more like, am I going to be silly today? Am I going to be funny? Am I going to be creative? Am I going to, maybe it's a sad day. Maybe it's a resting, you know, I'm going to show up calm today. I really try to, and people call it setting an intention. I mean, you can call it all the yogi words, all that. This is just your regular girl thinking about how she wants to show up to today. Mm -hmm. And those are the two things that honestly kind of set my day. And yes. throughout the day, I really do apply, how do I show up to this? I used to be a big, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I like to go mm -hmm. big, go home. I like to do grit and make things happen. And I don't know if you call it slowing down because it doesn't feel like that. It feels very different than hustling. It's more of trusting the universe, getting into the flow. You know, mm -hmm. I sit and I watch me live. I sit back behind the thoughts, back behind the body, and I just am watching and experiencing and feeling and constantly asking myself, how do I show up to this? And that has put me in a life that is beyond my dreams. I mean, wow! I was posted on freaking Oprah. How does that happen? Like, you can't dream board that enough, no. right? No. I mean, I just... I'm in awe with what the universe can do when you just let it do it. It's Amen. pretty nuts. Well, I always, I, I call Anastasia, uh, my partner, I call her the, the female Warren Buffett because she, <laughs> you know, you remind me of her. She's like, uh, you know, the hardest worker in any room whatsoever. So I say she trusts the universe. She just likes to remind it a lot. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
gosh, amen to that. It's so good. That's fantastic. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just try to yell at it enough. You exactly, know, but, exactly. And yeah, the, the I, universe just because you're in the flow doesn't mean you can't just be screaming the whole way down, exactly. right? It's yeah, it's been a ride. It, it's it's been a huge shift for me to be mm-hmm. living in flow and letting the world do what it does rather than amen. hustling and building it. It's very different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what I'm getting from your, you know, your book is beautiful. The information you share with the world is is really a movement. I, I really look at it as a whole movement that you're pioneering, which is incredible. And out of this whole movement, it, it's basically, you know, n- kind of know thyself in both avenues. Also from obviously your mind and also, you know, show up your best self also mentally, but also physically and hormonally. So I, I think it's a beautiful minimalistic way i would say for self-care well one of the things well the subtitle of the book is if you think something's missing it's probably you yeah and i think one of the biggest things that has been so mind-boggling is that the answer that you are looking for you know if you've made it this far on this podcast you are looking for something right <laughs> and you're probably on to going on to another podcast after this but yeah. the answer you're actually looking for is you it's uh-huh. you have the love the compassion the excitement the adventure the you're looking for you and most people just haven't stopped long enough to get to know themselves at all and i believe that when people start doing that, they will fall madly in love with themselves in a way that will kind of light the whole world and it will light everything around you. And I really think in the end, the answer is you listening to you. Yeah. Well, Marcella, listen, you are an inspiration and I super appreciate you coming and sharing with us your story or thoughts today. Obviously for the one and a half people that have not that this is the first time they get to consume your information. Where are some of the best ways to kind of consume more of it? Obviously, the book is fantastic. Yes, the book is Wake Her Up. It's on Amazon, or you can get it at Barnes & Noble or MarcellaHill.com. You can get a signed copy Uh with a free sticker. So um, there's that. Also, I have my community is Wake Her Up on Facebook. Over 40,000 women across the whole world are hanging out in there. It's a lot of women hanging out and a lot of talking that's beautiful and amazing. And if you need a community and a new best friend, wake her up on Facebook is incredible. The other thing is that my community has pulled together all of their recommendations for the best hormone therapists. And inadvertently, we created the largest worldwide directory for hormone therapists that women actually like. And so you can go to wakeherup.co to find the directory of the best education. It's not Mm -hmm. me. It's like, you know, it's letting you know who is in this space uh, to be able to support you and your body. So shout out Amy Horneman, the thyroid. Yes, she is on there. And then obviously on social media, I am being Marcella Hill and uh, you can find me. And you are being being Marcella Hill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And all the links are going to be in the show notes. Marcella, again, thank you so much. You are incredible. And I can't wait for Anastasia to listen to this podcast, to be honest. Well, this has been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here as a voice for the people. I really, it's it's amazing to watch all the opportunities that come this way. I think women are ready to wake up. So let's do it. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Bye now. Okay. As we close today's inspiring conversation with Marcella Hill, it's clear that understanding our bodies, especially during transformative phases like perimenopause, is key to our overall health and obviously our skin health and beauty. Marcella's experiences and insights, well, they remind us of the power of self-awareness and proactive wellness is enough to change lives and obviously get us to, to... to live our best life. Before we end today's episode, let's address some of the uh, thoughtful questions from our listeners. And these are questions we actually kind of kept for someone like some for something like this podcast. So the first question is, I'm in my late 30s and starting to notice changes in my skin. 
what are the first steps I should take to help my skin? So first and foremost, again, you know, I'm not saying that you are perimenopausal, but as Marcella said on the podcast, it starts for most people around age 35. So first and foremost, I would definitely look at your hormones, look at your over, you, you know, do a blood test, a, a blood panel, see that everything is functioning optimally. And that is really where you start. You can obviously go to an integrative medicine practitioner and kind of take a look at how your body functions. If you have a biohacking center next to you that does some of the more interesting testing like oligoscan, that's something you can do as well. As far as um, skin specific, I would definitely, if you're in your late 30s, I would concentrate on keeping what you have. So, you know, I know it's not going to come as a surprise, but you know, wear sunscreen. We obviously have BioShield SPF 40 because we believe that pollution, EMF, heavy metals have just as much to do with driving skin aging as, as UV radiation. So uh, you could do that. And in general, you can have a very basic routine, which is wash your face. Obviously, if you want to use our adaptogenic cleanser, that's, that's your call. Have a serum that, you know, targets the things that you are interested in. You notice signs of aging in the skin, whether it is laxity or wrinkles or hyperpigmentation. You know, use a serum that is that is specific for those needs. It could be ProCare Senolytic Serum if it's more general, wrinkles, laxity. If you want something that's more hyperpigmentation specific, that could be bioretinol or just using retinol. And then obviously use a good moisturizer. You could use Care NAD Boosting Moisturizer or a moisturizer of your choice that basically prevents skin dehydration, which is very important for skin longevity. So that's as far as like first steps, go get your hormones checked. Second question, you've discussed the importance of recognizing the signals of hormonal changes. What are the specific skincare ingredients or routines that you recommend for women undergoing hormonal fluctuations? So I think it's important to understand that the perimenopause and menopause, one of the things that it, that they, that it causes is, is a reduction in the expression of genes or the function of genes that are involved with collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid production. So we can do two things. We can address the signs, we can address the, the problems, or we can try to correct them. Obviously, going for hormone replacement therapy can work. But if you're asking about specific uh, ingredients and routines, NAD is probably the first thing I would recommend, both as a supplement, if you can get IVs or injections, that's good as well. And obviously, we provide it as a topical. Another supplement slash IV slash topical coming soon is spermidine, because that helps us, you know, eliminate some of the cells that don't function correctly. And then we can look at things that, again, increase collagen production elastin production, and having the ingredient hyaluronic acid. If you really want to correct these processes at their source, you can use ProCare Senolytic Serum because it we've shown clinically to, to upregulate 14 different genes that are involved in collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid production and was actually made for people who are not 15 years old, that you know we need to make sure their genes are functioning correctly. So you could do that. Or if you want a more general recommendation, you know, our products are not cheap. And what we're trying to do here is make sure you have an answer that you can act upon and afford. Look for a retinol that you can use and, and, and like using. Vitamin C, hyaluronic acid I already recommended. And again, one of the things that is most important is preventing something called transepidermal water loss which means you're basically water evaporating from your skin. You can't hold on to moisture. So a good moisturizer would allow you to kind of seal that in. I've had, I had uh, Kiran Krishnan from Civ Care on the podcast before. This is a $49 serum, monthly supply. That can also help with transepidermal water loss if you can't afford a product like BioBarrier, which is, you know, $175 for a couple months for 60 days. So again, if you want a, a more affordable option, that can be an option. But in general, again, vitamin C, retinol, hyaluronic acid are good places to start and a good moisturizer. But uh, yeah, that's the questions we have to, for today. Thank you for these excellent questions. They bring to light the shared experiences many of us have 
but might not always talk about. So I really appreciate it. If you have a question you'd like answered, please share it with us in a review, either Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to view or listen to this podcast. Your inquiries spark the uh, important conversations, as you can see, and help us all learn and grow together. Again, if you wish to have your questions featured, just ask them in a review, and we may answer them in an upcoming episode or like we saw today, an episode that is specifically talking about the subject. So thank you for joining us on the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Remember, the journey to health and wellness begins with understanding and quantification, measurement. So, and, you know, keep tuning in for more episodes that navigate the complex yet beautiful path of living your best life. So thank you everyone and goodbye for now. Bye.